Welcome to the Relevant Truth Podcast. My name is Roger Mason. This podcast is dedicated to examining biblical truth. The Bible is overflowing with relevant truth, useful in our everyday lives. Thus the title, Relevant Truth. The Bible was relevant to those that first heard it through the apostles and prophets. It is also timeless truth, which means it is relevant for us today in the 21st century. It is my hope that through this podcast, you will be both encouraged and challenged as we look at the Bible together. In today's podcast, we'll be looking at an episode in the life of Jacob from Genesis chapter 32. Before Jacob faced his offended brother Esau, he had to face God. He spent the night alone at Peniel. The next morning, he limped away from that experience a changed man. Jacob wrestled with God at Peniel. He emerged a broken man and a blessed man. Broken but blessed, that is the big idea in today's podcast. So let's look at Genesis chapter 32, reading verses 22 to 31 in the New Living Translation. But during the night, Jacob got up and sent his two wives, two concubines, and eleven sons across the Jabbok River. After they were on the other side, he sent over all of his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until dawn. When the man saw that he could not win the match, he struck Jacob's hip and knocked it out of joint at the socket. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is dawn. But Jacob panted, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? the man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. It is now Israel, because you have struggled both with God and men, and have won. What is your name? Jacob asked him. Why do you ask? the man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun rose as he left Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. After spending 20 years away from his family, Jacob is instructed by God to return to his home in Canaan. Both Isaac and Rebekah were dead. So the only living relative that Jacob would be returning to in Canaan would be his brother Esau. When Jacob returns to Canaan, he must face his offended brother Esau. Remember that Jacob had taken his brother's birthright and his father's blessing from his brother Esau. We find this in Genesis chapter 25 and Genesis chapter 27. Genesis 27 tells us that Esau was so angry with his brother Jacob that he planned to murder him after his father's death. Genesis 27 verse 41. Esau hated Jacob because he had stolen his blessing and he comforted himself with the words, My father will soon be dead and gone, then I will kill Jacob. Both Isaac and Rebekah sent Jacob away in order to protect him from Esau. That's found in Genesis 28, verses 1 and 2. Jacob fled to Haran from his brother Esau, spending 20 years serving his uncle Laban. 
that is Rebekah's brother. After 20 years, God spoke to Jacob, telling him to return to Canaan. Look at Genesis 31:13. I am the God you met at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made a vow to serve me. Now leave this country and return to the land you came from. That's God speaking to Jacob, telling him to return to Canaan. As Jacob neared the land of Canaan, he remembers his brother Esau and fears his revenge. Would Esau still be angry at the way he had cheated him out of his blessing 20 years before? Genesis 32 verses 1 and 2. As Jacob and their household started on their way again, angels of God came to meet him. When Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, This is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanaim. En route to Canaan, Jacob met a band of angels, and he called the place Mahanaim. Mahanaim means two hosts or a double camp. God allowed Jacob to see that he was not traveling alone. There were two camps traveling together. There was God's army of angels, and there was Jacob's family. Jacob was enabled to see God's army of angels protecting his family as they traveled to Canaan. Jacob sent messengers to Esau to inform him of his return to Canaan. That's found in verses 3 to 5 in chapter 32. Then he heard that Esau was coming to meet him with a band of 400 men. That's in verse 6. Esau was coming to meet Jacob with an army of 400 men. Jacob was now terrified and divided his family into two companies. So if one group was attacked by Esau, the second group could have time to flee for their lives. That's found in verses 7 and 8. Out of desperation, Jacob prayed, verses 9 to 12. So let's look at Jacob's prayer because it gives us some insights into Jacob's heart. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham, and my father Isaac. O Lord, you told me to return to my land and to my relatives, and you promised to treat me kindly. I am not worthy of all the faithfulness and unfailing love you have shown me, your servant. When I left home, I owned nothing except a walking stick, and now my household is filled with two camps. O Lord, please rescue me from my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to kill me, along with my wives and children. But you promised to treat me kindly and to multiply my descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. That's Genesis 32, verses 9 to 12 in the New Living Translation. So Jacob prayed. Jacob appealed to God, who had spoken to both Isaac and Abraham, his father and grandfather. It was a prayer based on the covenant relationship which the Lord had established with him and his forefathers. Jacob confessed his humility before God in saying, I am not worthy of all your faithfulness and unfailing love you have shown to me. It was a prayer of humility. He specifically asked God to deliver him from Esau. He named his concern. It was a prayer based on the word of the Lord and the promises of God. Christians likewise should base their prayers on God's proven character and his promises. 
Now look at what Jacob does in Genesis 32, verses 13 to 21. Jacob devised a way to appeal to his angry brother. Jacob sends Esau goats, sheep, camels, cattle, and donkeys, totaling 180 head as a gift to Esau. Jacob sends these herds in three successive installments ahead of him, thinking that these five herds, gifts to Esau, would impress him and pacify his anger. Jacob was a schemer. This is how he attempted to control his brother. He did all he could do on a human level to deal with his offended brother Esau. So the presents were sent on ahead. That's verse 21. He then sent his immediate family across the river Jabbok. Jabbok means he will empty or emptying. Jacob spent the night alone at Peniel. Peniel means the face of God. The name Jabbok and Peniel are very appropriate to what happened to Jacob there. He was emptied and came face to face with God. Both of these things happened to Jacob as he spent the night at Peniel. Jacob was about to face a situation totally beyond what he could handle. Jacob had been a deceiver, a supplanter, to win an advantage over others in the past. His carnal ways of doing things had brought him success, but also many consequences. We see this in Jacob's relationship with his brother, and also in his relationship with Laban. He was trying his best to face these consequences in meeting with Esau. Jacob wrestled with these things at Jabbok. Jacob was about to face a major turning point in his life. So let's examine the struggle that Jacob faced. First, the Bible tells us that Jacob fought with God in verse 24. This left Jacob all alone in the camp and a man came and wrestled with him until dawn. That's Genesis 32, verse 24 in the New Living Translation. Jacob was about to face his angry brother Esau, but before he could face his brother, he faced another at Peniel. Verse 24 tells us that Jacob became engaged in an actual real physical fight or wrestling match with an unidentified man while he spent the night alone at Peniel. Verse 24 simply says, A man came and wrestled with him until dawn. The identity of who Jacob wrestled with is not revealed at first. Jacob was strong and determined to win this wrestling match. This was the type of person that Jacob was. He never backed down from a fight. He wrestled with this man in the darkness, alone at Peniel, until the break of day, the New King James Version says. Even though this wrestling match was real, it also symbolized Jacob's personal inner struggle. Darkness, fear, and uncertainty seized Jacob as he waited to face his brother Esau. Jacob was literally fighting with God, the angel of Jehovah, the Lord himself. Many scholars believe that this angel was actually the pre-incarnate Christ that Jacob wrestled with at Peniel. Hosea chapter 12 refers to this episode at Peniel. 
and identifies the angel as God. Hosea 12, verses 3 and 4. Before Jacob was born, he struggled with his brother. When he became a man, he even fought with God. Yes, he wrestled with the angel and won. He wept and pleaded for a blessing from him. Hosea refers to this episode at Peniel and identifies the angel as God. Our text tells us in verse 30 that Jacob named the place Peniel, face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. Jacob didn't know he was wrestling with God, at least at first. Jacob found himself in darkness and uncertainty. He was wrestling with a man, and the one he was wrestling with turned out to be God. As the breaking of day came, Jacob discovered that he had been fighting with God. He was a strong, self-willed, and self-reliant person who managed the affairs of his own life. The circumstances he now faced are out of his control. He was facing a situation with his brother Esau that he had no control over. Jacob was forced to reach out to God for help. He prays. This is recorded in verses 9 to 12. God wants to rule and manage the affairs of our life. And like Jacob, we may find ourselves struggling with God. Jacob found himself alone at the river Jabbok wrestling with God. The name Jabbok in the Hebrew literally means emptying. Have you ever been there at Jabbok, wrestling with God? The Bible tells us that Jacob wrestled with him until dawn. Verse 24. This signifies a prolonged struggle. Have you ever been there at Jabbok in a prolonged struggle with God? Jacob not only wrestled with God at Jabbok, Secondly, the Bible tells us that Jacob was wounded, but prevailed, verses 25 and 26. When the man saw that he couldn't win the match, he struck Jacob's hip and knocked it out of joint at the socket. Then the man said, let me go, for it is done. But Jacob panted, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob put on a powerful struggle until he was crippled in the fight. His hip was dislocated, which made it impossible for Jacob to win this wrestling match. He was crippled, wounded, and unable to win the battle. The assailant clearly had the advantage over Jacob now. Jacob had been humbled. He was now in a position where he could not defeat his opponent. Jacob was a schemer. He had always managed to use his carnal skills to get what he wanted. We see this clearly in the life of Jacob. He robbed Esau of his birthright. He had taken Esau's blessing as well, and he had enriched himself with Laban's flocks. But now he found himself in a fight that he could not win. When you fight against God, you are going to lose. Jacob's persistent self-confidence shriveled. His carnal skills were lame and useless. They failed him in this contest with God. Jacob knew that he had lost this fight. He was now at the mercy of God, and he was now under his power. It seems that Jacob gradually came to recognize the divine character of the one that he wrestled. 
God sometimes must put us on our back in order to get us to trust in Him. Okay, God, you win. There's no way that I can get out of this. I am in a position where I have to completely trust in you. Self-will and self-reliance are such a big part of the way that we live our lives. God has to pin us down. He has to dislocate our hip and put us on our back before we decide to trust in Him. God is not out to destroy us. He doesn't get nervous with strong-willed people. God just wants to shape and channel our will to fulfill His purposes. He wants us to voluntarily surrender our will to Him. This is the place that Jacob found himself in, alone at Jabbok. God is not out to break our spirit, but He is out to shatter our self-confidence, destroy our carnal ways, and to break our self-will. God will fight us. He will wrestle with us, and He will even break us in order to get us to depend on Him. God is out to win us over to Himself. But we must be broken to have His blessing. We often miss God's blessing because we insist in ruling our own lives. To win God's blessing, we must lose out to God. We must lose in order to win. Jesus said it, For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whosoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's Matthew 16 and verse 25. It was in his defeat that victory was won for Jacob. Jacob was wounded in the fight, but he persisted. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Genesis 32 and verse 26. I imagine that Jacob hung on to the Lord in pain with his dislocated hip, pleading with the Lord to bless him. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Okay, God, you win. I surrender, but I am not letting you go until you bless me. God is delighted with this kind of attitude. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Psalm 51, verse 17. The Lord responded to Jacob's request. Then he blessed the Lord there, it tells us in verse 29. What is this all about? Wasn't Jacob already blessed? Jacob had received the blessing from his father Isaac in Genesis chapter 27. Maybe Jacob felt that this blessing didn't count because it was taken from his brother Esau by deception. He didn't deserve this blessing. It was stolen from his brother Esau. This may have been Jacob's thinking. This may have been the motivation behind the statement, I will not let you go unless you bless me. God's blessing is never deserved. We don't earn God's blessing. God gives us his blessing because he chooses to bless us. Jacob wanted the blessing of God. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob received God's blessing as he wrestled with God at Jabbok. At Jabbok is where Jacob was emptied and then filled. Not only did Jacob wrestle with God, and not only was he wounded, but he prevailed, the Bible tells us. The Lord said to him in verse 28, You have struggled with both God and men, and have won. We don't beat God in a fight. 
How did Jacob prevail? Jacob prevailed in his surrendering to God. We prevail when we surrender to God. Jacob not only wrestled with God and prevailed, but thirdly, the Bible tells us that Jacob was broken but blessed. Verses 27 to 31. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. It is now Israel, because you have struggled with both God and men and have won. What is your name? Jacob asked him. Why do you ask? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun rose as he left Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. That's Genesis 32, verses 27 to 31 in the New Living Translation. Look at the question that Jacob was asked. What is your name? The last time Jacob was asked this question was from his father Isaac back in Genesis chapter 27. Let's read it. Genesis 27 verses 18 and 19. Who is it? Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, It is Esau, your older son. I've done as you've told me. Here is the wild game, cooked the way you like it. Sit up and eat it so that you can give me your blessing. So Jacob lied to his father and said, I am Esau. He identified himself as Esau when it was really Jacob that was speaking. Now here God asks him, what is your name? This was the same question that his father had asked him years before. This time Jacob answers honestly, my name is Jacob. In the Old Testament, one's name is very significant. Your name is linked to your character. The name Jacob means the heel catcher. Literally, it means he who grasps at the heel of another. The negative connotation of his name means supplanter, which means to displace, succeed, replace, unseat, or to supersede. Looking at the story of Jacob, this summarizes his life and his relationship with Esau. This is what Jacob had been doing to his brother Esau, displacing, succeeding, replacing, unseating, superseding his brother Esau. This is what he had done all of his life, the heel catcher, the one who grasps at the heel of another describes the relationship of Jacob and Esau. Esau highlights this negative connotation of Jacob's name after he stole his blessing in Genesis 27. Look at what Esau says. Esau said bitterly, No wonder his name is Jacob, for he has deceived me twice, first taking my birthright and now stealing my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? This is Esau talking to his father. That's Genesis 27, verse 36. Esau was saying, Jacob is the supplanter, the deceiver, and he is living up to his name. The positive connotation of his name means he, the Lord, is at his heel. Looking at the story of Jacob, this is also true. 
as we look at all the encounters that Jacob had with the Lord throughout his life, we can't help but conclude that God was pursuing Jacob at his heel his entire adult life. After Jacob left his family to escape Esau, he had God giving him a dream at Bethel. This wonderful dream that Jacob was given, in which he saw a ladder or a staircase extending from earth to heaven. Look at what the Lord says to Jacob in this dream that Jacob has. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I will give it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will cover the land from east to west, from north to south. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I will be with you and I will protect you wherever you go. I will someday bring you safely back to this land. I will be with you constantly until I have finished giving you everything I have promised. That's Genesis 28, verses 13 to 15 in the New Living Translation. What a wonderful promise that the Lord gives to Jacob at Bethel. Again, God reveals himself to Jacob in a dream. I am the God you met at Bethel the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made a vow to serve me. Now leave this country and return to the land you came from. That's Genesis 31 and verse 13. Here God speaks to Jacob, clearly telling him to return to the land of Canaan. After Jacob leaves Laban, Laban pursues Jacob, but God speaks to him in the night in a dream, so God protects Jacob from any harm from Laban. Laban says to Jacob, I could destroy you, but the God of your fathers appeared to me last night and told me, be careful about what you say to Jacob. That's Genesis 31 and verse 29. So God protected Jacob. God allows Jacob to see that he was not traveling alone, but he was being accompanied by God's angels who were protecting him. Genesis 32 verses 1 and 2. As Jacob and his household started on their way again, angels of God came to meet him. When Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, This is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanaim. Mahanaim means double camp. It refers to a camp of angels who were guarding Jacob's family. All of these years, God had been pursuing Jacob, watching over him, leading him, and protecting him. He, the Lord, is at his heels. When Jacob was asked to give his name, he was, in essence, revealing his character. Jacob was confessing freely to the Lord, my name is Jacob, the heel catcher, the supplanter, the deceiver. I am the supplanter, the deceiver. I have lived up to my name. This is who I am. Look at God's response to this confession of Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. It is now Israel, because you have struggled with both God and men and have won. Genesis 32 verse 28. Jacob was given a new name, 
Israel. A name change indicates a character change that God was going to bring about in Jacob. His name was changed from Jacob, the supplanter, the heel catcher, to Israel. Literally in the Hebrew, he contends with God. This is exactly what was happening here at Peniel. Jacob was contending with God. Israel is also interpreted to mean fighter for God, referring to Jacob being a fighter for God, or God fights for, referring to God fighting for Israel or Jacob. You will also find the meaning to be translated as prince with God. This wrestling with God that Jacob was engaged in produced a significant change in Jacob. Jacob, the supplanter, the deceiver, the heel catcher, would cease to exist. Israel, the one who fights for God, the one who God fights for, the prince with God, this is now who Jacob was. This was really what the struggle was all about. God wanted to change Jacob to Israel. His new name indicated a new standing with God. It was both a mark of grace and a sign that the old ways were removed. They were wiped out and forgotten. He would be made into a new man with a new identity. His name was called Israel. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Genesis 32, verse 28. In his struggle with God, Jacob won God's blessing. And then he blessed Jacob there. Verse 29 tells us, Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, the face of God because he realized he had seen the Lord. The Lord put the socket of Jacob's hip out of joint, causing him to walk with a limp the rest of his life. When you meet God face to face, you will never walk the same again. And this was Jacob's situation. Jacob would never walk the same again. Bruce Nolan, played by Jim Carrey in the movie Bruce Almighty, is given the powers of God, but he cannot tell others that he has God's powers, nor can he use these powers to alter free will. Bruce at first uses these powers for personal gain, but eventually after God confronts him, he uses his powers to help others. He starts to hear voices in his head. God explains that these voices are the prayers of people that Bruce must deal with. Bruce creates a computerized email system to receive the prayers and responds to them, setting the program to automatically answer yes to every prayer. Bruce gets to the point where he realizes that the job of being God is too overwhelming and he can't do it. Isn't this what we try to do? We attempt to be God. We attempt to rule our own lives. But we mess up. We keep messing up. And we come to the conclusion that we cannot take the place of God in our lives. We try to control people and situations around us according to our will, as Bruce did in the movie, without success. 
This is the place that Jacob found himself in at Jabbok. He found himself exhausted from trying to control his world. He tried to control his brother. He tried to control Laban. He tried to control his world. But he was unsuccessful. He was a failure. All of us need to come to a Jabbok, a place where we empty ourselves of this self-control and this self-will, as Jacob came to at Jabbok. He came to an end of himself. He came to a place where he had to empty himself of this control and self-will. Jacob spent the night alone at Peniel. He literally limped away from this experience, a changed man, because he fought with God. Jacob had been broken, but he had also been blessed. God must break us before he can bless us. This is the place that Jacob found himself in, broken but blessed. God must break us before he can bless us. Join us in two weeks for our next episode of Relevant Truth. Never miss an episode of the podcast by subscribing on iTunes. If you like the podcast, why not rate and review the podcast on iTunes? You can also visit my website, relevanttruthpodcast.com, where you'll find an archive of all of these messages and book recommendations. You can contact me at rockrevmason79 at gmail.com. That is R-O-C-K, rock, R-E-V, rev, M-A-S-O-N, mason, 79 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.